You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, What up, what up, Real Coach JB here, going live on YouTube, live on Instagram here shortly. Special guest today will join us, the University of Colorado former interim head coach and um, current offensive coordinator, um, Coach Severini. He'll join us uh, shortly, and um, hopefully you guys tune in and listen to it. It should be a good show. Um so I'm looking forward to having Coach on. Good friend, good dude. Um, so it'll be interesting. Quote of the day, man, nothing changes if nothing changes. Just remember that. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And, um, you know, shit, man. Uh, ignorance is life-threatening, like I always said. So shit ain't going to change uh, if you don't change. So. Uh, but like I said, man, I got the University of Colorado offensive coordinator, Coach Severini, coming on, a former California California JUCO guy, and uh, and so it'll be a it'll be a good show. Um, I'll call him in a second. But uh, like I said, quarter of the day, nothing changes if nothing changes. And uh, hot topics, man. Golf was a big deal this weekend. Um, if you guys don't watch golf, you know it was good. This is the moral of the story, man. Four professionals, elite professionals, played. Um, you know, played yesterday, and if you guys didn't watch the eyes and their their eyes as they approach the tee, um, something's wrong, man. Especially if you're a coach or a mentor or a sports guy, because if you see the total focus they had as they approached the tee, it shows that you know true professionalism, man. A, a, they were professional assassins at work. Um, all four of them made huge contributions in some way, shape, or form. Brady was shitty, and then he ends up hitting a fucking, you know, eagle in for second shot and uh, had great putts and kept a minute, man, to be honest. Um, so, interesting to watch. Uh, Mike Tyson comeback. Say it ain't so, man. I don't know, you know. Uh, shit. I know I've been seeing him just like you guys have, and uh, obviously, shit, he... Uh, he looks fucking good. Like, who's going to walk in the ring with his ass? I don't know. Um, but Father Time's undefeated. But remember this, man. Just like he said, everybody's cool and calm and fucking collective till you get hit, your, hit in the fucking mouth. So we'll see. I, I know this. If he shows up and fights, he's going to fight somebody and hit him and hit him hard. So it'll be interesting to see. But um, give me one second. I'm going to call my man uh, in here and uh, get him uh, get him dialed in. What's up, JB? What up, Coach? What you doing, man? Man, you good? I'm good. I'm good, just, man. Just you chilling, ready, man. You ready chilling. to roll on this? Yeah, I'm ready to roll, man. You? I'm good. Let's go. Good deal. Good deal. What uh, what's going on, man? You uh, you just at the house? Nah, we're just me and my wife and my, my our family's in town, so we're just kind of hanging out. Oh, okay. Memorial Day. 
No doubt, no doubt. Shit, I appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, won't take too much of your time, man. I, I was telling, I introduced you to the public already, man, and I was uh, letting it, for everybody that don't know, man, Coach uh, Coach Chev and I go way back. He's a California JUCO guy, California JUCO product, um, alum from Colorado, um, and so, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, we all, we all are come kind of drug from the same mud. And so, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on man and, uh, coming from, from Boulder and, and, uh, joining the show today on the slap dick pod, man. Uh, I was just talking about the golf deal, man, yesterday. I don't know if you watched Tiger and, and, and Mickelson and, and Peyton and Tom Brady. I was telling everybody, I was like, man, if you're not a coach, uh, if you're a coach, if you are a coach, I mean, did you guys watch the eyes of those people when they approached the tee, like utmost professionalism, the, they were like professional assassins, man. I was trying to tell people, man, I'm like, shit, you guys don't realize, uh, how they approach the, their, their job, man. And, uh, you can see it in their eyes when they, when they, when they popped up, man. And it was, it was, uh, it was crazy. So. Yeah. You could tell like just, I mean, you could tell how much or like Brady had for Tiger and Phil, just being in their arena and just seeing how those guys work. I mean, it's, it's obvious that the, the difference in talent level on the golf course when we see what the kind of shots Tiger was hitting, the kind of shots that Phil was hitting. And uh, I think it probably humbled Peyton and Tom a little bit playing with those guys just because it's a different level of competition as far as golf goes. Um, you know, you can see those guys hit a couple of good shots every now and then. You saw Tom, you know, he hold out, I think it was on hole number seven. And then, uh, you know, Peyton made a couple of big-time putts. But, um, yeah, it was, it was fun to see, obviously, to see a live sporting event's pretty pretty rare these no days. Doubt. So it was, it was kind of cool to watch that go on, you no, know, yesterday. No doubt, no doubt. Um, no, nah, I thought it was great, man. I, I, like I said, man, Brady was shitty, man, for the most part. People are ragging on him on, <laughs> on social media and shit, and then he ends yeah. up hitting huge shots. And like I said, man, there were four <laughs> winners out there. Like, four winners figured out how to – you know, contribute, man, and help their team. Shit, Tom Brady brought him back, really, and made some putts and helped Mickelson out. Yeah. And it was uh, right. it was good, man. There's no doubt that the competitive juice, especially when uh, Charles Barkley was ragging on oh, yeah. Tom Brady <laughs> for about three holes, and then Tom oh, yeah. got kind of pissed off and hit a shot. So No doubt. That was fun to Especially the back nine, man. Um, so – Man, first of all, man, let me, uh, how are my kids? How are my guys doing, man? I know Derek was basically the gold standard of human beings, man, but, you know, I know Jamar, Jamar feels like, or it looks like, uh, he's matured quite a bit, man, and uh, I know you grabbed another kid. Um, for people that don't know out there, Colorado's had three or four of our kids, uh, from Independence while I was there, and, um, it was, uh, you know, people don't realize that me and, uh, Coach Severini's assistant, Darian Hagen, is a legend at Colorado. Me and him are probably some of the best friends. He's one of my best friends in this world. So, obviously, we had a pipeline from Indy going there. And, uh, you know, it was. Uh, I'm glad they had some success and helped out uh, the program there. Yeah, Slim, Slim, had a, Slim had a good career. And Slim had two good years starting at corner. And, yeah. You know, got picked, got picked up uh, on an NFL team. And Jamal, Jamar's got some some special uh, pass rush ability. He's really, you know, he was on scout team last year for us, but, you know, going, I'm an offensive coach, so going against him every day, you kind of saw that he's got some twitch to his game. He's got some lean to his game. So he's got a chance, I think, to be really, really good. And he's a great kid. I mean, he did a really good job with those guys, JP. They're good kids. Nah, nah, they were good, man. You know, you know how it is, coach. Yeah. People people yeah. see you on a show and think you're, you're an <laughs> asshole every day. But, you know, the kids, at the end of the day, it's all about the kids and what they how they perceive you. You know what I mean? So Yeah, uh, it's about relationships. And no I think doubt. once they trust you, you can get on them a little bit. And 
people don't see that. They only saw the parts of you yelling at them. You know what I mean? No doubt. They don't see the one-on-one quiet moments when you're just having a conversation. No question, man. That's uh, the cold part. Yeah, that it is. It is. But, uh, you know, you, you've done a, you did a great job over there, man. And we are, it was an honor for us to recruit those kids because they were good players for us, you know? Nah, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, what, uh, so you got a third kid, I know. Keep your thumb on him, man. I'm going to let you know that. But anyway, um, how, uh, how did it feel, man, as a Juco guy? Um, and I want everybody to know, man, you're a Juco guy. So how, how did it feel, especially a Cali Juco guy with, with the, the current situation we're in with facing the possible of not even having Cali Juco? What, uh, yeah. As the interim head coach, even though you're an interim, man, I know you approached it um, like Juco guys would at, at full steam ahead. Like, did you feel yeah. like a, uh, did you feel like a, um, sense of like, you know, did you feel like you stood up, you stood for all the Juco cats that came through the struggle or continue to do so? And, and was that a good feeling as you, as you were taking over your alma mater and, and tried to, uh, and, you know, and I thought you were going to get the job. I thought you were worthy, uh, no question. Yeah. And, and I thought it was, uh, not to bash anyone else, obviously. I know it was a tough transition. Um, Coach Tucker departed, and then obviously you were there, and and uh, and I monitored and followed it, obviously. And and uh, you know, I, th- I know you did a great job talking to Darian and stuff. So what, you know, how'd you feel about that, man? I mean, was it a good? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, obviously, for being a being a former junior college coach, I mean, I think you know, I ca- you know, I want to make sure that I paved the way for those guys to have success. You know, I think it's important when a guy transitions from the junior college ranks to the division one ranks, that he does a good job. He represents, you know, junior college coaches in the right light because, it, you know, it, it kind of le- opens the door for other guys to get their opportunity to do well and be successful. And so, obviously, you know, when I was the interim head coach, it was a lot, you know, this is my alma mater. I play here. You know, I have a lot of love and respect for this university. And, um, yeah, it was definitely an honor to be the interim at the time. You know, obviously, I knew head coach, Coach Thorell, is my former, you know, position coach from college. So sure. I've known Carl for years. He he was our coordinator when I played here and, you know, we have a good relationship and he you know, he, he wanted me to stay and he named me the the offensive coordinator coming back. So, you know, I, I definitely have a lot of respect for the guys that are in the grind because I know how hard junior football is. People don't realize that you don't have resources, you don't have you know, the, the money coming into the programs that the division one schools have and it, it is a grind and you wear a lot of hats, you know, not only are you the head coach, but you're also, you know, for you, JB, you're the coordinator and you're also the counselor, you're also, you know, a psychologist, you're also the recruiting coordinator. And I always tell people ask me all the time, they're like, Chef, I wanna you know, I wanna coach, man, I wanna, you know, come volunteer for you at Colorado and I said, Look, man, the best thing you can do is go coach junior college football mm-hmm. because you're gonna get a chance to to develop your skill set, you're gonna get a chance to teach your own room, you're gonna get a chance to hopefully to call plays or do game plans. I said, you can't do that at our level being a volunteer. You're not going to get – all you're going to be doing is breaking down film, and that's not going to help you become a better coach. So I have a lot of respect for junior college coaches just because I am one, and there's a lot of guys that are in junior college football right now that are really good coaches just haven't got the opportunity. So, I, you know, I'm, I feel honored to, to kind of lead the way and, and show guys, hey, that we can do this. And, uh, you know, I know I'll be a head coach eventually, JB, and maybe it won't be here, but – I know my time's coming and um, it's just a matter of, you know, keep working and keep having success and that day will come for me. No doubt. No doubt, man. I, that's what I was saying, man, going from Mel Tucker to the situation being up in the, in the air. I mean, you know, people don't realize, man, I, I tell people all the time, Juco is the single hardest uh, level to coach at period. What you deal yeah. with 
Um, you know, Pete Carroll will tell you that. I mean, he, it's just a matter of uh, dealing with, you know, baby mamas to, uh, you, you're, you're, you know, people <laughs> don't realize. Yeah, people don't realize, Chev, that, that, that we work 365, 24-7. Counselors, yep. teachers, uh, right. these part-time, part-time coaches that we all despise, yep. um, right. they, they don't work 24-7, 365. They, they go home, pl- no. clock, clock in, clock out, and, you know, they're not taking the phone call that, your kid's arrested and you got to throw it in jail. You got to pregnant. Something's going on that we're all taking those Ain't calls. No doubt, man. Yeah, man. No doubt, and, man. and so no. hopefully it lightens up at your level a little, but even though I still know that that's not the case. So it's just, it's always something. And you, you know, we always got to keep uh like, you know, iron sharpens iron, man. We've all stay ready. You ain't got to get ready, but um right. Man, how was it? How was it coaching Mahomes? Um, did you recognize the potential right away, or, or was he a late bloomer? Yeah, we could. Um, you know, I remember when you know when Cliff hired me, which, which is a pretty crazy story. So Cliff Kingsbury is a good friend of mine now, but when when I met Cliff, I actually met him through a friend of mine that's now the receiver coach at the Cardinals. So we were friends. We worked together at UCLA. So it was pretty crazy that Cliff actually interviewed me straight out of junior college to be a full time on the field coordinator. I got hired right out of Riverside City College to be the special teams coordinator at Texas Tech. And so our first year there together, um, Pat was a true freshman. And you could tell right away in camp that the kid was special. I mean, there was something different about this kid. Obviously, he made the young mistakes. He was a true freshman. And and Cliff puts a lot on the quarterback position as far as running that air raid system. And um, But you could tell in camp the throws he was making, the things he was doing, it was going to be evident that he was going to be a star. And about half, you know, about four games into that season, he ended up coming in against Oklahoma State, and he threw like three or four touchdowns, and you know, the rest was kind of history. But uh, yeah, there's no doubt that that guy, you know, I'm proud of Pat, and he he actually sent me his jersey last week, and I'll put it up in the on the yeah, wall. Yeah, I saw but that. He's a great he's a great kid, but people don't realize he's a great kid. He's an unbelievable talent. And, um, you know, I'd be surprised if he doesn't win two or three Super Bowls, you know, next, in a couple of years. So no doubt. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. But, yeah, he's a – you could tell right away, JB, that he was a, he was a real dude, man. No doubt. That's good. I mean, yeah, a lot of people don't know. Um, what – uh? let me ask you this. What – um? In the state of this recruiting, man, I know it's been fuck crazy. You know, is it has this been the hardest thing to do as a professional in your career? Like Zoom meetings can only hold so much attention unless you're paid in the NFL. But, but high school and college, it has to be hard recruiting via these these platforms. Has it been tough? And um, unless you already had a prior relationship building a relationship built with the new recruits, and it, has it been hard even conducting uh, meetings with your with your guys? Um, that you currently have on the team via these uh, virtual platforms? Yeah, you know, it's, it's you definitely work twice as hard with the virtual meetings doing through Zoom. I mean, it's just a lot of work. There's a lot of prep time going on, getting ready for those meetings. You know, and you can't just jump on the you know, the chalkboard and start drawing. You got to go and you got to show. You got to draw things on on the iPad or or on the or on the Exo system. So. It's definitely a lot more work. You know, the good thing that even, you know, with Coach Tuck leaving, we were able to keep the entire class. So that was that was something that I was really proud of. You know, while I was the interim, is just keeping this class together. You know, we signed 26 kids, and we kept them all in the class. And so that was, um, that was important to me and to our staff to have some continuity. And, you know, you win with players. You know, it's not coaches that win, it's players that win. So, no doubt. you know, we had, to, we had to keep 
this group together because they're the future of CU football. And we were able to do that. But getting back to your original question, yeah, the Zoom meetings are hard. There's no question. And we're doing them every single day. You know, so we, we have staff meetings every day. We have offensive installation every day with our staff on offense. And then, you know, we conduct our individual meetings on Zoom every single day. So there's a lot of, a lot of work going into, you know, obviously this, this virtual platform, which, you know, it can be, it can be a little time consuming and it, it really, it's like, it drains you mentally, like the mental fatigue from just being on Zoom all day oh, can kind of get to you. Instead of moving around like a normal coach, you'd move around, you'd go to the office, you'd go get a workout, you know, grab some lunch. But it is, it is, it is definitely a hassle, but obviously we're hoping that it's moving in the right direction. You know, you see different parts of the country starting to open up. People are starting to open up restaurants. People are starting to open up, you know, gyms. Yeah. So I think once we can get to some kind of normalcy, I mean, there's definitely going to be, you know, there's always obviously been a, you know, a pre, you know, a pre-COVID area and there's going to be a post-COVID area. And what, what does that look like? Who knows? But I think there's going to be certain safety protocols put in place. And, you know, you still got, we still got to live life. I know this pandemic is definitely, you know, it's really, you know, brought down our economy. It's brought down, you know, society in general, but we got to be able to function and hopefully we're getting back to some kind of normalcy here in the next couple months. And, you see some of these pro sports trying trying to open. I know NBA facilities are open. I know NFL facilities are open, but the players are not there yet mm-hmm. because they're trying to make sure they get all the safety protocols. But I do believe there's going to be – I do believe we're going to play football this year, and um, you know we're getting ready as if we're going to, to in, in September. So, so are, you, to that. are you guys all reporting back in June as well? <laughs> well, we're still waiting. Still you know, waiting, yeah. hasn't hasn't made the announcement. The official announcement, NCAA made the announcement that June 1st, you know, conferences can start bringing people back. Now the SEC said June 8th. Right. I think I saw something the Big 12 said July 12th. So they're, they're pushing it all the way to July for the Big 12. So wow. I'm, I'm interested to see what the Pac-12 is going to put out there. You know, I, I would think sometime in mid-June, like maybe June 15th. But, you know, I don't want to speculate. I'm sure the Pac-12 is having those meetings and it'll probably come out in the next couple of days, I would imagine. Right, right. Um, yeah, the, the uh, man, it's been it's been crazy, man. I'm just gonna say, be honest. I mean, it's just been a uh, whirlwind, man. And I know I've been doing Zoom meetings, and I ain't even coaching right now. So it's been, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's been crazy. I, know, I see you doing those. I see you doing those clinic talks, man. It's awesome, man. Man, I'm doing one tonight, man. Um, with a bunch of D1 guys, like they invited me, man. So I was just like, well, shit. Awesome. I'll do it. Like Gunter Brewer in yeah. Florida. A few, a few different people yeah. are on it. Yeah, so I'm going to do a little philosophy awesome. stuff. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure, man. That'd be great. You know how it is. I mean, yeah. shit, it, it, it is oh, yeah. what it is, man. You gotta, yeah, it keeps you active. It keeps your mind active, which no is doubt. the most important thing, man. Keeping your mind active. No doubt. No doubt. What, uh, let me ask you this, man. Um, I know, I know the state of recruiting, man, um, going through all this stuff. What, have you heard anything about the Cali high schools, Cali JUCOs? I know, I've talked to buddies of mine that are actually on a few boards, man, and 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 they're talking about possibly even an, an alternate season. Um, yeah, you know, have you have you heard anything as far as uh, what what's going to happen, and then and then also what are the implications? We all know it'll be detrimental to California JUCOs if they dropped. I mean, seventy-two yeah. JUCOs that play football, obviously, uh, especially the yeah. the inner city kids are going to have no avenues. Um, you know, they're going to have no no real, you know, opportunity. What, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, and then will it affect you, you guys know, at think, your level? I think 
Yeah. Well, I think it, it would affect everybody at our level of California Junior College dropped football because, you know, it is a good pipeline. It, there, it is a good, like, transition from if kids don't get Division One scholarships coming out of high school, especially in California. There's really no need to leave the state because of all the schools that play football right. out there, you know. You know, from and you name it, from Mount Sac to Riverside to wherever it may be, they all have football, and that's important for the, the matriculation process for those kids that are trying to find a landing spot. So, I think it would really, really hurt, you know, you know, Division One football if they drop those schools, which I hope they do not do that. Um, I, I can see a modified schedule this year. I think, you know, they want to make sure it's safe to return and safe to play, and I get all those kind of things, those safety protocols, but. Um, you know, seeing what Texas did, I know the Texas high schools, they, they, yep. they're returning the workouts, I think, you know, early part of June and they're, they're, they're going on as if they're going to play football in the fall. So I would think Cal- California is probably going to follow some kind of similar routine, just trying to probably wait until all the safety protocols are in place and how can they test? Cause there's going to be positive cases. Kids, no I mean, there's going to be people that get it. It's not so much if they get it, it's a matter of say, what do we do when they get it? You know? I think that's more of what should be being addressed. I think they're doing that because there will there will be positive cases of people that get it just because of all the contact with people right. in sports. So right. now it's just a matter of having the safety protocols in place. So hey, what do we do? Do we quarantine them? Do do we they're not they're not with the team for 14 days or whatever it may be? But I believe that they're working through all those scenarios. But I do think it's important for us to have California high school football. I do think it's important for us to have California junior college football. It's, it's a big part of the tradition of California sports, and, I, and it would be a shame if that went away. No question. Um, you know, there was talk about dropping football programs back in the day, L.A. Harbor, COD, yeah. when you were at Riverside. You know, it was right. there was talk of that, and it's like, man, you know what? I mean, shit, not to, I hate to say this, to stereotype it, but shit, we know what JUCO kids are. They're, they're there for a reason. We're there to help them move on. And, you know, you're going to have a fucking influx of crime. You're going to have an influx of lack of motivation. So you're sitting at home now. And now what are you doing with these kids that have no home life? You know what I mean? Now you have no JUCO right. uh, platform. So it's tough, man. I, you know, D1 at your, speaking to your level, you had, you had 30, 31% of D1 signees this year were JUCO kids. I think it's like an all-time high I was looking at. But um, do you attest that to the COVID or lack of taking a risk on a young kid or was it just necessity-based like JUCO recruiting usually is for you guys? Or what What? What do you attest it to? I mean, because there's a lot of people saying, um, I was talking to some other buddies, they were like, man, shoot, we, we didn't know if they were going to have the test score. We didn't know if, as far as the February signees. So, you know, um, so they were, they went Juco route. I mean, um, yeah, I think, you know, for us, I think, you know, our model has always been, it's going to be out of necessity. And, you know, if Juco signings are up this past season, you know, I think it fluctuates year to year. Mm-hmm. JB it just depends on what teams are looking for. Obviously, you know, a lot of times when, cause I coached junior college ball for seven years. So I know when those, when those schools used to come through my school, what they're looking for. The first thing they're looking for is O-line, D-line. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. That, that that Division One schools, when they come to your university, they're looking for O line, D line. The next one usually is a quarterback because they're you know if, if they don't have a, if they're if the guy graduated and they think they have an unproven guy, they really get a guy that's already played college football. So the quarterback position's always been uh, area of need. And then and then it probably goes to corner because corners are always are always looking for those long corners. Mm-hmm. So I think you know the signings being up is probably based on necessity. People probably hey we need to. 
get a veteran guy and they feel like junior college players have played one or two years of college football and they're older. And, you know, in college football, you do. You win with older guys. You really do. It's no, hard no. to win with young cats. I mean, every now and then you might be able to do it. But I think the core of your group has got to be older players. And that's why I think junior colleges have always been very, very attractive because they are older. You know, guys are probably 20 years old or 21 yeah. when they leave. And then they transfer into a Division One school and they're already 21 years old. So they're, they're more on the upper, the upper level of being, you know, a veteran player. So... Um, yeah, to answer your question, JB, I think it is out of necessity. It obviously goes back and forth from year to year, but um, I would I would attribute it to that. You know what I mean? Like they need those kind of older guys to win with. No doubt, no doubt. What uh, what do you think? Um, as far as you guys, I mean, do you do you see an alternate season? I because a couple of buddies out here, man, they were thinking about obviously JUCO high school even maybe can even possibly start. January, February, March uh, season ending in April, and then the fall sports start. Um, I mean, the winter sports would start like in April, May, June, um, giving football that break there, and then bringing back twenty one, uh, maybe like normal. So uh, or tw- yeah, or twenty two. I, I, I still believe that we're going to play football in the fall. I don't think they're going to wait till January. Yeah, because it would really mess up the cycle for right. not only college recruiting but just a lot of other things that yeah. goes into the draft. There's a lot of factors that come into play, and so I do think that we'll play football in the fall. If it's altered or modified, I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of talk out there about different scenarios that, that possibly could get done. But I do believe that we'll play. You know, there'll probably be maybe some social distancing going on. Yeah. You know, I heard Ohio State's AD talked about, you know, they, they, right. they want to play with fans, but it might be a reduced number it's of 20, fans. 000, so, yeah. I, yeah, I do believe that we'll play. I do believe that, that, that the experts are working hard on different models to try to see what is the safest return to play protocol. But, you know, um, I think I think America needs football. No it's shit. Like it needs baseball. Like yep. It needs basketball. I think. Those are those are part of our tradition. They're part of our pastime, but it's also part of our present and our future. And I think people want to see it. I think it helps society. I think it helps people mentally. You know, have an outlet. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I would I would be surprised if we didn't play. I think, you know, obviously things are moving. You know, forward in different countries are you know going through different types of COVID testing, and there's different models out there. But from what I have seen is that the number of cases are dropping and there's still going to be infections. There's still going to be people that get it, but I do think that it's dropping. You know, my sister-in-law is a nurse and she says even the hospitalizations are going down in California. People are still getting it. People aren't getting hospitalized at the same number of, at the same rate of number. So I think that's a good thing for everybody. And I think in California, man, fuck to be honest with you, I think we had the shit already. Like that's why, uh, you know, people yeah. people are saying, shoot, there's 20 million people may have already had it way back October, November. I know I had some yeah, crazy people, people, shit. People, yeah, people probably thought it was just the flu yep. and, you know, their body developed antibodies and they probably got over it. But yep. people probably probably didn't didn't know they had COVID. Yeah. They probably thought they had a common cold or yep. something a little bit funky, you know? Yep. And no doubt. And that's what I'm saying, man. We got to, I don't know. I just can't, I hate living in fear. So I'm going to keep doing me. I've been, yeah. to, I've been to Lowe's. Yeah. Fuck man. I've been to Lowe's more than anyone in America. And you know, I haven't caught shit. So <laughs> I don't know. Lowe's, Lowe's is now the new like kick it spot, man. So it's, uh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, Lowe's ain't stuff. Lowe's hasn't slowed down, man. I'm just telling you, it's been crazy. 
so what's your future plans, man? I, you know, I know you, you mentioned in the beginning of the show, like, um, you, you want to be a head coach D1 or you want to be a, a, an OC for, for, for a while or do you want to go NFL, try that with uh, someone like Cliff and try to get on as a position guy or – um, you know, for me, like I put a, I put a lot of time into this level. You know, this is mm-hmm. this is my seventh year as a full time Division One coach. I've been, you know, I've been an offensive coordinator for the last five years. I've been a special teams coordinator at this level for two years. I've been an assistant head coach at this level. I've been a recruiting coordinator at this level. So I think the next step for me is I do want to be a head coach. I do want to run my own program, you know, mm-hmm. and build my own staff and develop my own identity in that sense um i you know I, I think at the end of the day I, you know i gotta do a good job with the job i have right now i'm the offensive coordinator yeah. and we gotta play well offensively if we do that i'll get an opportunity to be a head coach but uh, yeah, yeah the ultimate goal for me jb is i do want to be a head coach i think i'm ready to be a head coach um and i just got to continue to work hard and someone will give me that opportunity you know nah, no doubt no doubt no nah, I, I i'm rooting for you man shit uh you know how that goes, man. Um, yeah. Listen, I know your recruit, your your kids and your recruits out there, man. Probably all want to know the real chef. So, what's your who's your top five rappers, man, of all time? You know, my five top my top five rappers. I would have to go number one lyricist to me is Tupac, and I go Tupac. I'll go Little Wayne. I'll go really? Eminem, Jay Z. Yep. I'll go. I'd go Tupac, Lil Wayne, Eminem, Jay Z, and then Nas. I'll do my top five. Ooh. Shit, I got you. That's not bad. I think Tupac. I mean, to me, I think no Biggie, huh? Stuff he, what, what, you know, I I love Biggie, but I lo- I do love Biggie. But as far as a lyricist goes, I would put those other guys ahead of Biggie. You know, I, you know, Biggie be in my top ten. But yeah, to me, like I thought Pac when Pac, you know, obviously, you know, I'm from California. I'm born and raised in Corona, man. And like when Pac came out, Pac was just to me was different. Like no doubt. listening to him. His stuff was just ahead of his time, man. That guy was ahead of his time. Right, no you know, doubt. The fact that he went into the studio and, and made all those, he made all those songs knowing that he didn't have a lot of time in his life. You know what I mean? Like I knew that he was gonna die young, man. That's why he put. That's why he put so much time in the studio. Right. You know, and then you look at someone like Little Wayne. Little Wayne to me is just natural. Like I mean, that guy just spits anything, and you know he puts a beat to it, and it just it, you know he's gonna go platinum just off. <laughs> couple songs man and then you know to me eminem like I, i'm i'm a bigger fan of the older eminem than the yeah. newer eminem like his old stuff to me was just i mean when he came out it was just like when dre found him and put him out man it was just a different level man <laughs> to me you know and then jay-z is like that dude you know his stuff's just ridiculous and obviously i think nas just he, he's he's in the, he's kind of in a category of his own but yeah i don't think you, you can go wrong with those top five you know what i mean you can't nah. go wrong with those top five no doubt. What about uh, your favorite football player? Just one. My favorite football player of all time? Yep. You know, I would probably, you know, when I was growing up, my favorite player was Barry Sanders. So, I was, mm. and I'm from California, but sure. I was a Lions fan because I loved watching Barry play on Sundays, man. What he used, what he used to do, man, was just ridiculous. And <laughs> I remember when I got to college, um, Matt Russell, who won the Buckus Award here at Colorado, yeah. got drafted by the Lions. So I remember one one night I was I was roommates with one of his friends, and so he called one night. He goes, "Hey, he's like, hey, put Chev on the phone because I, you know, I want him to talk to somebody." And then he put Barry Sanders on the phone. Really? I was having a conversation with Barry Sanders, and I told Barry, "I said, man, you're my you're my idol growing up, man." <laughs> so, 
it was pretty cool to get to talk to him on the phone, man. That was, that was pretty cool. Hell yeah! Before you had a shot at playing in that level. Yeah, before yeah, yeah. I was a, I was a sophomore in college. Yeah, no doubt. What uh, who's your favorite hooper? Kobe, yeah, no doubt. Oh, me too. That one, that's good. That one hurt, man. Losing oh that, man, man. That one hurt. unbelievable. That was a real moment. Still me. unrealistic, man. Like it still is. And you think, like, you think that was the biggest thing ever, man, and then this COVID hits, and then, like, Kobe's forgotten a little bit. You know what I mean? It's, like, I know, crazy. I, I, I told my wife that. I'm like, you know, the, the saddest thing about this this whole situation is that people have stopped talking about Kobe and yeah. what he did and his legacy, and that's, that's a shame because that guy, you know, was definitely a special talent, not only athletically, but mentally. His mental drive, <laughs> no doubt. the ability to focus and push and, and just, I mean – you see that when you watch that the last dance documentary, the similarities between Kobe and Jordan are very. I mean, oh man! You can tell how much Kobe watched Jordan growing up. Oh yeah. His manner, his mannerisms on the court is like, man, it looks like Kobe, you know. And people and, say, uh, yeah, people say that, yeah. like, yo, know, you know, uh, I don't know. See, I don't get the LeBron and Jordan comparison. I, I I'm, I don't know why it's not Kobe and LeBron. I mean, uh, Kobe and Jordan. I, I, you know I, what I mean? I, that top 10 they came out they had kobe like number uh, nine yeah man like, to the... me that's a joke like it is it's a joke <laughs> it's disrespectful to kobe it is he's always um, been disrespected you know, though like listen i think i think i think lebron like here's how i feel about lebron i think lebron's one of the best Athletes. individual players yeah i've ever seen but as far as a te- it's a team game basketball is a yeah. team game and for kobe you know he, he won five and mm-hmm. you know lebron's won three yep. you know and on three teams kind of how <laughs> that's kind of how I look at it. And he had to, yeah, and he had to go and to team get up guys. with two other yeah. all-stars. Like, you know, like, and remember, Kobe won without Shaq, too. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, to me, it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's disrespectful because watching Kobe play, man, man that dude was unbelievable. in his prime. There was no one. Nope. You know, Jordan I mean, either. I think to me, Kobe's so. top three. Yeah. He's top three in my, in my, in my, you know, I think Jordan's one. I yeah. do. I think, I think that now it comes into what, if it, what it comes down to is like modern era and old era. I know, and it's hard Russell. to compare. That's one of the arguments, you know. Kareem, yeah. Bill Russell, yeah, those kind of players. Where do they fall? I mean, you almost got to do like a like a post, like a yeah, you kind of a cutoff date of when you rank them. You know, because Kareem's hard to beat. Kareem's hard to. You, oh, I mean, like, unbe- Kareem, yeah. Kareem should be one. Kareem yep. should be one. Yeah. For what he did in college and in the NBA and high school, never and lost a game. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, and they changed the dunk rule in college because because Kareem was dunked on everybody. No I mean, that just shows you how dominant he was. They changed a rule that says you cannot dunk because Kareem was just dunked on everybody. So to me, I, I agree. I think I think it just depends on how you look at. It. I think Kareem, his body works probably better than everybody's. Yeah, you know yep. what he's able to do. Yeah, but then you look at someone like Jordan. I think it's got to be it's 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 Jordan. I think it's Jordan, Kareem, and probably Kobe in my book. And you get into like LeBron, and you get into some other people. But um, I, I thought that was disrespectful to have Kobe at nine. Man, that's crazy. He's been disrespected alive and dead, though. Man, to be honest, I mean, uh, oh. Steve Nash gets MVP, two MVPs over him in those years that Kobe had. It was like, come on, man. I, I, totally. Get the totally. hell out of here. That's it's crazy to me, man. <laughs> but it is what it is, man. But. So what's your plans, man? You um, you just hanging out today? Yeah, we're just chilling with the family, man. The family came in uh, to visit from California, and yeah. we're just, you know, I mean, we're trying to trying to stay as normal as possible, man. No you doubt, know? no doubt. <clears throat> and then we're back to work tomorrow. So back to work tomorrow, man. Oh, are you? So you guys are in the office? We're 
we're doing like oh virtual fifty percent. I got yeah, you. like virtual, like fifty percent. Like yeah, we do a lot. We do a lot of stuff over Zoom. You know, so we yeah, staff yeah. on Zoom. Yeah, no doubt. Well, shoot, man, I appreciate you coming on, man, and I don't want to take up your holiday day, man, and uh, enjoy the fan band. No, tell them, it, tell your wife I said what's it, up, man. Yeah, for sure, Jay. Keep fighting a good fight, man, and, and no uh, to all your listeners out there, man, I want people to know about JB. He's a good dude. He's a good coach, and you shouldn't be judged off of uh, – you know, a little bit, little bit of footage, man. They don't, they don't, they don't know. show the whole truth, man. <laughs> to show some, some stuff. You know what I mean? No doubt, man. Hey, I appreciate the yeah. kind words, brother. Like as always, man. You need something? Let me know. And uh, uh, yeah, I sent you those sticks in the mail, man. So you'll be getting a couple well, cigars. I, I appreciate JB, the man. All right, brother. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. All right, dude. Talk but, to you soon. Much man. love. Peace. Later. Coach Severini, man, OC at Colorado, good dude, California Juco product himself. Um, and, and, you know, him being on the show is brought to you by Bet Online. Um, while you're waiting this out at home, you can still have fun betting with our partner, betonline.ag. No NBA, NHL, or NBA, or Major League Baseball. Shoot, you had golf yesterday, man. That was DraftKings was back up. Um, but Bet Online had a huge uh, showing yesterday. Bet Online still has hundreds of games, events, no sports to wear, wager on. NASCAR is back. Madden, NBA 2K simulations. UFC is back. Uh, online casino with poker and blackjack. Uh, so be sure to check out the final dance with roundtable interviews from ex Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper as they discuss the Michael Jordan doc in full. So go check that out. Um, There's still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus and your first uh, deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Go check it out. Um, Keeps us busy, man, while we're sitting around too, man. So uh, hopefully you can check it out and – and uh enjoy some betting man um but we'll see how it goes but listen man um uh, it's been a good show man i, I appreciate coach severini for colorado coming on um talking about my, my former players that are there and one of them Derek abrams just got drafted by atlanta falcons and uh we'll be having guests on this week and uh again this was episode 49 episode 50 will be coming up this week and uh we'll have a special guest on and I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I'll try to fix my damn IG Live and YouTube Live, man. I'm, I'm a shit show right now, and I'm a fucking slap dick, so I apologize. Hey, enjoy Memorial Day weekend. Um, Memorial Day, happy Memorial Day to everybody out there. Stay safe, keep fighting a good fight, and uh, don't be a slap dick. The Real Coach JB, peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. It's the last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Find a guy, man. I'm just telling you.